0: Thank you for tuning in to the last podcast episode where I provided tools to get your child in bed with ease and flow. If you haven't had a chance to listen yet, I highly recommend going back and giving it a listen. I appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy this content. This series of episodes is focused on coaching and strategies for new parents, but some of the strategies discussed can also be helpful for parents with older children. Now, on today's episode, we are continuing our coaching series, setting a foundation and reimagining the way that you approach your child's daily routine and expectations. As a parent, it can be really challenging to come up with new and exciting ways to play with your toddler. Playtime is not only important for your child's development, but it's also an opportunity for you to bond and create memories together. Today, we will be discussing three simple and easy ways for you to reimagine and think about play. First things first. Follow your child's lead. There are moments where you may have an idea in mind, like, oh, hey, I want to play the bowling game with my child, like the little plastic bowling um, pins and the bowling ball. But your child's like, "Eh, maybe they'll go over with you like once and then roll it. And then that's it. It's like, okay, But then you notice them walk in the kitchen. So instead of like getting them to keep coming back over to the bowling area that you've created, you get up and you follow them to the kitchen. So this is still playtime, right? Even though they're in the kitchen, there's no boundaries when it comes to play, especially for toddlers and preschoolers. Your child enters the kitchen and then you just kind of step back for a moment and let them explore and figure it out, whatever it is. And maybe they start opening cabinets. Okay. They may find a plethora of things, a roll of paper towels. They may find pots and pans, like that's classic. It just depends on what you have accessible for your child. So whatever it is, You're going to engage in whatever that object or thing is, right? And this is, I think, where as a parent, your superpower has to kind of evolve and like just come full blown in that moment where you have to be like, okay, paper towels, and then they have a pot, and then maybe there's a whisk somewhere in the cabinet that they found. And You have to put on your superhero cape and rethink how you can engage in those objects with your child because clearly they're interested in it. So like say there's a roll of paper towels, right? Maybe you can show them like how to tear it. And so like you're ripping a paper towel, maybe two, and then you show them how to put it away. So the two paper towel pieces that you ripped up, they're like playing with it, right? Like they are like, oh my God, it's paper towels. Ah." (laughs) This is where you're going to continue to look and monitor how interested or how motivated they are by it. Once you see them maybe tossing the paper towel up, like you can start using language like, wow, or it flew or whatever, right? And then that's when you can start entering the play and now expanding what they're doing to something that you want to encourage them to do because you have their attention. So maybe now you're like, okay, I'm going to like take the paper towel and blow it and show them like this, like a kite, like this is a kite, you know? You can pretend that's a kite. This is a game where your superpowers like come into play. And then you can go like practical with it. Because practical play is amazing too, where you can maybe go to the sink, do a whole thing. Let's turn the water on and let's go wash the duckies, like whatever. So now again, you have created this really cool play experience that is meaningful for your child and they are entertained and they are attending to what's happening. And You're not having to do too much and think too hard. You just have to turn on that little imagination that you had when you were younger and just expand that for them. So that's what I mean by following the child's lead. It's really, really simple, but you have to be very intentional. You have to be very focused on what it is that they're doing. One of the main questions that I get is, following the child's lead, is it going to make them less attentive or all over the place? And simple answer is no. However, there are caveats to it. And I only say that it's no, because in the first part of the, the strategy that I said about following child's lead is that at some point you are going to expand their play into something that's like more functional, right? Like whatever you're playing with or something even more imaginative, which most of the time it's it can parallel to like real life. In these moments of play, we are teaching the child, how to interact with these objects, how to take care and be responsible for things. So No, it's just going to give them a variety of different opportunities. Now, if it seems to be (laughs) weighing and you're like, wait, we keep going to this one and then we move here and we move there, that's where you really have to step in and start taking more inventory. Okay, how many times have we pivoted in this past like five minutes? If it's like more than two times, yes, you need to kind of step in and be the teacher and the leader of that play because your child is wanting you to do that. But if you can't, if you don't find yourself going deeper into whatever that, action or object is that your child initially introduced you to, then it's totally fine to move on to the next thing. And speaking of the next thing, the second thing you want to do is teach your child the rules and guidelines of play. So play in general mostly involves more than one person. With that, there are rules that come to interacting with another person. You have to share. You have to take turns. You have to be open to the way the play is going to take place. Your child can be playing with a puzzle. They can be playing hide and seek. They can also be playing like a board game. So In those moments of getting your child to really be a good play partner with either a sibling or another peer, you have to teach them those rules. You have to teach them how to wait. You have to teach them how to take turns. But more importantly, you have to teach them the rules of these specific games. For example, if your child is a toddler, Hiding Seek probably isn't going to be the one game that they run to. But you also can teach them at an early age of how to play this game because you can play hide and seek. You play peekaboo, you know? So that's like the foundational play to hide and seek. And when you're teaching them that those type of games, you have to model it. You have to show them and tell them explicitly the rules. You wait, I count. Right. And so those are some things that I think parents, I think you have a lot of opportunities to be able to teach your child so many different games and activities and not just expect your child to learn them because there are a lot of games that they're going to have to learn as they get older. But we want to make sure that they know how to be a good sport and they enjoy and they know how to make friends. They can initiate the play when they go in the playground, things like that. But that starts at home. So you have to teach them. And last, keep It's simple. So here's the thing your child most likely prefers the positive attention that they receive when you're playing with them. So any play. Is good and the play is really you getting on the floor with them, meeting them where they are, engaging with them, taking that turn. So it could look however you two or three or four <laughs> want it to look. So keep it as simple as that. If there's a board game that you want to um, introduce to your toddler or your preschooler, do it. If there's an act, an outdoor activity, do it. Whatever it is, just keep it really simple. Don't overthink it. But the main thing is to really stay intentional. Stay focused and engaged so that your child kind of feeds off of that and learns how to play and how to learn how to talk and the vocabulary around that interaction. That is what play is meant for, right? Play is taking opportunities and times throughout the day to practice certain skills, certain language, certain interactions, so that when they're in the real world, they're able to do it with ease. All right, as a speech pathologist, this is how I like to think about play four different ways. First will be indoor versus like outdoor activities, floor time versus tabletop activities, and then you have parent-led versus child-led activities, and then lastly, the pretend play versus real-life play. I like to think about it in those four big bubbles, and that way parents can easily take inventory of the language that they are exposing their child to and also growing that current list of vocabulary words and language with. And it's a really good and easy way to kind of see where the gaps are or where their child is like really, really thriving. Also, it helps your child be able to conceptualize and compartmentalize how to play, where to play, especially the guidelines and rules that you're teaching them. It also helps me be able to, when I'm working with my clients or coaching my parents on ways to develop more vocabulary. So maybe you have a lot of vocabulary for tabletop activities that deal with like markers and paint and things like that, but versus like floor time activity, right? Like your child may not have as many vocabulary words Or a lot of language input in that area. So when I think about indoor versus outdoor activities, floor versus tabletop activities, parent-led versus child-led activities, and pretend play versus actual real life play, if you will, there's a lot of different language opportunities that come with either one. And if a child has a lot of experience in outdoor activities, or or a lot of language opportunities where as a parent you're leading them, you're missing out on a few other opportunities for them to grow their language skills, their cognitive functioning skills, especially when it comes to play, right? Playing with someone else and learning how to win and lose and all those things like that. You just want to really take inventory of the different areas that you are developing your child's play skills. As we wrap up, here are some key takeaways to keep in mind. Remember, follow your child's lead by observing their interest. Teach them rules and guidelines of play. Keep it simple and focus on the positive attention, whether it's indoor or outdoor, on the floor or at the table. Make sure that you're setting time aside to play each day with your child, even if it's just for a few minutes. Thank you again for listening to the Speech Boutique podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform. You can also visit my website at www.thespeechboutique.com and follow me on Instagram at Speech Boutique for more updates and behind the scenes content. Next week's podcast episode, I will cover tips and advice for traveling with your toddler. Tune in to learn how to make your next family trip a success. Until then, happy travels.